0: One, two, three.
1: to Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores how Bob Jones University empowers individuals to reach their highest potential for God's glory. I'm here with Dr. Pettit in his office, and how are you doing today, Doc?
0: Caroline, it is a beautiful day. I think spring is trying to break through here, and I think all the students are excited for that. And I don't
1: get too excited about weather in Greenville very quickly. It's probably can go back to 20 and then go up to 80 yes, the next
0: day. It, it is constantly changing here, and uh, sometimes we have fake spring, so... <laughs> Uh, last week we had an incredible interview with Doctor Bob Jones III. I was privileged to attend his wedding this past Saturday, and uh, it's without a doubt it it exploded off the charts. Our listeners uh, to our podcast here, and so I'd like to encourage people to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever they get their podcast, and encourage other people to listen, and then to leave a positive review. So today, we actually are doing two interviews. First of all is Mr. Paul Isaacs. Paul is a Bob Jones University graduate and president of Save the Storks. And it was uh, a Save the Storks bus that we raised money for through this year's Bible Conference offering. And our students uh, went off the charts in raising money. And thus far, we have raised a little over $194,000. And we are going to present a check on the 19th of March to Miss Alexa Newman, who is the director of the Carolina Pregnancy Center in Spartanburg, to be able to uh, have built out a new mobile medical unit called a Storks Bus. So today's interview begins with Mr. Paul Isaacs, who tells the incredible story of his life and how he got into what he was doing with Save the Storks and then we're going to hear from Miss Alexa Newman and the Carolina Pregnancy Center and why it is that so many young people today are so inspired and motivated to be a part of the pro-life movement. So let's listen in today on our discussion with Paul Isaacs followed by Alexa Newman. Well, we are so glad to have with us today on Highest Potential, Mr. Paul Isaacs. Paul, thank you for coming today. It's great to be here. We, uh, we're we just uh, so thrilled of what God is doing here at Bob Jones, especially in light of our, our Bible Conference fundraiser with Save the Storks. And so we'll get to that in a moment. But you came to chapel here about a year and a half ago, and you spoke and, and of course, spoke about the burden for uh, – almost a more than pro-life position. It mm-hmm. was really doing, making a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, something happened in our student body that we, we have not, uh, I've not, I've never seen quite like the, the passion that they have for a pro-life position. So let's, let's go back. I want to, we want to know about you cause I know you have connection to Bob Jones and right. then all of this. So, uh, tell us a little bit of your background.
2: Well, my story is one, um, And I think you'll resonate a little bit about this, having gone to the Citadel. um, My dad was a military guy. I wanted to be just like my dad in that I had these dreams of going to one of the uh, service academies. I would go to the uh, library as a young man. I would look at books about what that looked like, and I just ate that up. But God allowed my life to go a different direction, and he actually— used some things in my life to get me to go that direction because I wasn't willing to go that way on my own. I remember telling the Lord at one point, I will do anything you want me to do, Lord, but I will not be a preacher or a missionary. And uh, as I mentioned recently, you heard me say God has a sense of humor. Um, uh, I decided that I was going to be just like my dad and go that path, but God had other plans, and he allowed uh, illness and a terminal illness in my life to get me to a place of complete surrender. Hmm. And because of that, I said to the Lord, Lord, whatever you want me to do in the time that I have left, I am completely yours. And you're how old at this time? At that time, I was 12 years old. Uh-huh. That,
0: that is a big decision for a 12-year-old.
2: It is a big decision, and it was related to um, just that unwillingness. And I felt like, and I remember hearing my dad say to me, as he was giving a testimony, actually. He was giving testimony to a group of people, a large group of people, he said, The tragedy is not that Paul has this illness. The tragedy would be that if that Paul and our family would be the same having gone through this thing.
0: Wow, what that what insight and it is. spiritual depth that was there.
2: And and I'm and I was standing next to my dad when he said that. I wasn't able to go into the large group of people because of my blood counts were so low. I was not able to fight off any infection or anything like that. That and so, I was very much isolated from people during this time. But I was, but God was doing something deep in me and digging my well deep as a very young man. Um, and so my my papal he, we, has, we have a large family and there was no one in the family that was in ministry. And he would always pray that one of his grandsons would go into the ministry. And so there was this sense that God preserved my life so that He would put me there as one of. 25 grandkids, and so um, he was a man that prayed for me mm. every day. Uh, he, I, I, as a matter of fact, I I found out shortly before his death that, and he wasn't getting around very much, and he was always very. I was his favorite. I always tell people that, um, and he made no bones about telling people that. But the thing of it, it was is. He, um, he would have my name on a three-by-five card, and he had it a pocket. He always wow. wore a shirt that had a pocket, and he would pray. He couldn't, couldn't do much anymore, but he would, He was a prayer warrior. And so he prayed for me every day, all throughout the day, about God's hand on my life. And um, so I came to Bob Jones University. It was, it was kind of one of those things where my, my parents were part of a church where our pastor went there. and okay. And that was just assumed that we were going to go to Bob Jones University. I didn't even take another college visit. Um, and so I, I came here and God did some great things in my life. I worked at the wilds. Mm. I traveled for the Minutemen team. I traveled for a drama team and just met some unbelievable people. And God did some amazing things in my life through Bob Jones. So University.
0: if you were to look, if you were to capsulize your experience as a student at Bob Jones, what would you,
2: how would you put that? I would say that I try to take advantage of every opportunity that was before me. So be that leadership or service. I I was not afraid to try new things. I remember uh, wanting to be an officer in our in our society. I remember um, you know going on trips, uh, hanging out with as many professors. I just wanted to take opportunities to expand. And also when I graduated, I had some friends that were um, from Arkansas, and they were. Congressman's sons, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so we went all together and worked in D.C. for the summer uh, in 1993. It was a it was a really interesting time in our so lives. So you finished
0: Bob Jones what year?
2: 1993. 1993. I had guys in here uh, that would disciple me. Uh, a, a guy named Ross Robinson was on staff. I don't know if you know Ross, but he 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 would meet with me every Friday after lunch and just talk to me about what God was doing in my life. And I didn't know at the time, but he was helping me come, helping me become more like Jesus. Uh, just through his own life and his Well, story. and that,
0: that's so encouraging because I would I, I believe that's what we're still trying to do here. It's, it's what makes the school so unique. Yes, So, yes. so you got out. Yep. And uh, tell us about how you got into the Save the Swords.
2: So I got out and I, I was in Christian education for a few years. And then God called me to be a pastor for a few years. And then I, I served with a mission organization called The Navigators, and I was discipling and reaching uh, college students for Jesus Christ on a local college campus in Dayton, Ohio. I did that for 17 years, wow. and, um, and I ran across an article on Facebook, a random article that was titled, How Some Young People With a Van... Are changing the pro life movement. Now, if back up just a little bit. Two years before, I had run a state Senate race. Someone had asked me to run for state Senate in Ohio based on an issue called the Heartbeat Bill. And I knew that I was going to have to stand before God someday and give an account for what I did with the opportunities that He put in front of me. And this was not about lowering taxes, it wasn't about the Second Amendment, it wasn't about zoning and streets and all that. It was about the life of the unborn. And my wife and I would have said we were pro-life. We had adopted a little girl, but we didn't march and we didn't picket, we didn't do those things. But this was an opportunity that I felt like we needed to obey God, even though it didn't seem necessarily very convenient. And uh, God was preparing us for radical obedience, because when I read this article called How Some Young People with a Van Are Changing the Pro-Life Movement, I realized there's a way that Christians can be pro-life. And instead of turning toward a natural reaction that we— can usually go to when we see an injustice like abortion, and that would be anger. A lot of people choose anger. When we choose anger, uh, we lose a sense of objectivity and innovation when we see a problem. When we choose apathy, it's kind of a way we say, well, there's nothing that I can do about this, so I'm just going to go about my life and act like it's not happening. But when we choose brokenness, we realize that we all need God's grace and that we too are broken just like the woman at the well, just like the woman caught in adultery, just like Zacchaeus and all those people that Jesus met. He met him with grace and truth. We can meet these women outside of an abortion clinic with a mobile medical unit that is equipped with an ultrasound unit that shows them what's going on in their body. And we meet them with that posture of love and compassion instead of the anger and we give them more choices, and we show them what's going on. See, I always tell people, grace is in our approach, but the truth is in that ultrasound that did not exist when Roe v. Wade, the decision right. was made.
0: Well, that you know, in in we, I want to find out how the organization got started uh, because you're you're getting there. But I just uh, just to pause and say, I think that that's that really resonated with our students. Um, you you know, at Bob Jones University, we're a Christian university, yes. and and we believe in the inspiration and authority mm-hmm. of Scripture. So our students are going to believe that life begins at conception. I don't think that that's the issue here. So it's a unique school. It's definitely our student body will be predominantly, they're going to be pro-life. But what can we do uh, right. that's more than being political? Right. How can we make an impact? And I think that's what resonated with the Stork's Bus concept.
2: Yeah. And that's what resonated with uh, our founder. You know, He was a young man, and he, he went on a missions trip to New York City, and he's basically just with young people, and he was there to observe outside of this notorious abortion clinic in New York. And as he was standing there, the girl who invited him to come on this missions trip went into the uh, local coffee shop because it was a cold morning, and she wanted something to warm her up. And a young lady, about 13 years old, comes up to him and says, I'm here for my appointment, and she thought he was an abortion clinic worker, someone that would help, you know, escort him in. Well, he said, I'm not with the abortion clinic. I'm with these young people over here, and he hadn't been prepared on what to say, so he kind of fumbled all over his words. He says, I'm, I'm not with the abortion clinic, but I'm with some young people, and they have some free resources, and they'd be willing to give you a free ultrasound if you're interested in hopping aboard this van parked around the corner. Now, the, the appeal kind of sounded a little you know strange, you know, sure. and, and he felt a little odd. And he was surprised that she actually said yes. And he walked her over to that van and she got in and he just stood there and he prayed for the next 40 minutes. He did not know what else to do other than just to pray. And so she comes off that van and she's typing numbers into her phone and he says, I think her name was Samantha. He says, Samantha, who are you calling? She says I'm calling my mom. I'm telling her she's going to be a grandma. I'm going to keep this baby. Wow. And he said, "Paul, I saw eight girls choose life that day outside of that abortion clinic." And Amazing. Two realizations: number one, we got to do this in front of every abortion clinic in the United States, and number two, we need to do it in such a way where a, girl's feel, a girl feels safe, valued, loved, and appreciated, and uh, and that's when Save the Storks idea oh, and was. And when
0: more. when was when did it start as an organization?
2: we officially got our nonprofit ministry status in two thousand thirteen. Okay, so and it's just been seven years. So the first. Bus. The first real bus was in 2014. It was parked out of a, a, a clinic in New Jersey, an abortion clinic. And the lady who began with that bus, the first bus, found us at a conference one time. She says, "I want you to know that we saved 394 women last wow. year from abortion, and the 394 babies, babies that they were carrying. And that abortion clinic is closing. Wow. Yeah. All without a picket sign or a protester. Wow.
0: Anything. And today, here we are." 2020. So now six seven years later. Yes. How many buses are there? We
2: have 55 right and now, three. and uh, we've got 16 more in production. and And I don't want to stop until we're in front of all 750 abortion clinics.
0: Seven. That's how many are in that's the. That's how States.
2: many abortion clinics are. Now, I'd like to think that between now and then, that we would make abortion unthinkable and unimaginable. And that's when we're going to need the church to step up and and become foster and adoptive parents and and take care of these children.
0: Well, I know that. Your, your presentation here at the university, it just uh, obviously made uh, a huge impact on our student body. And so we are uh, trying to raise $150,000 for a mobile medical unit, and we are in the middle of the fundraiser now. So by the time, by the time this podcast will go out, obviously we will know by then mm-hmm. if our students raise the money, and I believe they will. Tell me what you've sensed just in the spirit of the students here.
2: It's unbelievable. I, I was telling somebody about an hour ago, I wish our entire staff could sense the passion of these students and faculty and the, and the, and the staff here. It's inspiring to me. It's humbling. Um, I posted something on Facebook about, I'm just so excited about the partnership between Carolina Pregnancy Center, Bob Jones, and Save the Storks, that we're going to save the lives of young women and children and men, like future generations, starting in Spartanburg. You know, And it's exciting to see what these students are are doing we have uh
0: we you know for our our audience we are 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 purchasing a storks bus bus and then we're going going to donate it to the carolina pregnancy center Mm. in spartanburg south carolina uh greenville they actually the piedmont women's center is actually across the street from planned parenthood so uh the need was not as great Mm. and so uh we we want to make an impact on the upstate of south carolina and uh I'm just thrilled we have, we have students here Hispanic, African American, w- white students. We have uh, we have students from 46 foreign countries wow. to be able to just uh, push the, the the biblical philosophy that life begins at conception and then be committed to that. We're hoping that this will impact not just. Carolina Pregnancy Center in Spartanburg, but the whole world through our students going out and making an impact for that, for what the Lord's going to do. I love it. So, uh, Paul, I really appreciate you coming here. Uh, The Lord's used you in a great way. Our theme this week has has been uh, the God of all comfort. And uh, I shared with the um, student body and our visitors how that you went through very serious physical issues in your life and whenever you see somebody being used of God in public, you know that they've got to have some suffering in private. Mm-hmm. And the reason by, for that is because this way God's chosen to work. Uh, his comfort comes through suffering, and then when he gives us comfort, we're able to comfort others. And you have been a massive comfort, a massive encouragement. Mm-hmm. And our hope is that God will continue that encouragement, comfort ministry uh, through the, the Storks bus and encouraging Thousands and thousands of young women that choose life, mm, and yeah. then of course the wonderful thing is to share the gospel with them, Absolutely. And, that, and that you get you get you get a life saved in, a, in 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 more than one way.
2: We have had it's been so inspiring to hear of the stories of people sharing the gospel uh, on a storefront and people coming to know Jesus Christ through what was going to be a tragedy in their life, and God saved the life and also He saved their soul. So.
0: Well, Paul, thank you so much for the time, and we we love you and appreciate you and look forward to seeing what God's going to do. Thank you, sir. Well, we're so glad today to have Miss Alexa Newman from the Carolina Pregnancy Center in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Thank you for coming, Alexa.
3: Oh, what a privilege. What a beautiful day to be in Greenville at Bob Jones.
0: Oh, listen, I think spring is about to shoot out here and everybody's going to be excited in South Carolina. Well, we are just so uh, excited for the partnership that Bob Jones University is now having with Carolina Pregnancy Center. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your work there, how long you've been there, and tell us what you do there.
3: Okay, I've been there, uh, it'll be, April 3rd will be 31 years. 31 years. And the ministry's actually been in existence for 34 years. And when I first went there, all we were doing was pregnancy tests and giving out baby clothes. And now we have grown to where we have a men's ministry, dad to dad. We have a mentoring program for our moms called Earn While You Learn. We do ultrasounds. We have a loan closet with maternity clothes, anything that a baby would need. Um, We do Bible studies for new Christians. Um, We are just full-blown gospel ministry.
0: And so your big picture primarily of, of the Carolina Pregnancy Center is saving
3: lives. Absolutely.
0: So tell us, you, you've been involved in this a, a really, really long time. Um, why, why is it that you think, uh, well, let me ask you this, why, why are you pro-life and what's why is it important for people to be engaged in this?
3: Well, actually, when I was in college at Columbia Bible College, which is now Columbia International University, we were told about a pro-life march that was going to be at the state house. And I had never done anything pro-life, but I knew that I was against abortion. So uh, that was back in 1979, and I went to that rally, and I went every year afterwards. Um, after I saw what was going on, uh, that they were promoting life. But I'll tell you, I didn't know anything, but my heart was just stirred. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to be personally involved. I didn't know what that looked like. And so left Columbia Bible College, went into youth ministry, where I talked about, taught my kids that abortion was wrong. Um, We did some things there, nothing on a grand scale. And then uh, my mother actually found out about the job opening at Carolina Pregnancy Center. And I was so ignorant to the crisis pregnancy center movement that that was my first question to them. Now, is this a pro-life ministry? Hmm. I didn't want to be involved in anything that might be Planned Parenthood that would ever um, want a woman to engage in having an abortion. So I I went into that not really knowing what it was, but I knew by the fifth interview, they interviewed me five times. Wow. I knew that that was where God was calling me to be.
0: Well, you've been there uh, a long time, and you've seen lots and lots of uh, ladies come through uh, Carolina Pregnancy Center. Share, share a story with us that, that we can all relate to.
3: Well, um, there were, we had a girl who had had five previous abortions, and when she came to us, she was pregnant with her sixth baby and decided that she would give this baby life. We could never find out. She was very close. She was very difficult to talk to, and she was my client, and usually I can talk to anybody and get them to talk back, but she was not that way, And but finally... She called one day, and she had told us that she was going to need a crib. And um, so I told her we'd get, we'd be sure she had a crib. So she called one day, and she said, they're inducing me tomorrow. I need to pick up a crib today. Mm. And we didn't have a crib. But I said, be here at 1 o'clock, and we'll have a crib for you. And so after our prayer time, my staff looked at me and said, how are we going to do this? And uh, I said, we're just going to pray that God's going to somehow supply a crib. I don't know how he's going to do that. So in a few minutes, somebody came in with um, bedding for a bed, brand new bedding, everything that you'd need for a bed. And I thought, well, the the ball is rolling. Mm -hmm. But at 11 o'clock, we still didn't have a crib. and only had a few hours. So I looked in my wallet and I thought, well, I'm just going to use my credit card. I'm going to run to Walmart and I'm going to get a crib. As I was walking out the door, um, whoever was answering the phone said, Alexa, you've got a call that I think you need to take. And the lady said it was important. So I got on the phone, and she said, my name is so-and-so. I work at such-and-such furniture company. Our truck has just delivered furniture. There's a crib on that truck, and we don't sell cribs. And somebody in our office said that maybe y'all could use it. Wow. And I said, oh my goodness. I mean, I was speechless there for a minute. And she said, well, could you use it? And I said, yes, ma'am. When can we get it? And she said, well, you can pick it up right now. And I said, well, actually, I don't have a truck. Could y'all deliver it? And so she said, well, yeah. I said, well, I kind of need it right now. (laughs) And so she talked to somebody at the office. They brought it over. When the crib got there, it was not just a crib. It was A Jenny Lynn Crib, which is the top of the line crib. And so I looked at that box and and the the mattress and I asked the man, I said, would you have time to put this together? Because I really want this girl to see it. And he kind of looked puzzled. And I said, it's a long story, but he said, I'll put it together. I'll just take my lunch hour and put it together. Yeah, but you're probably going to have to come back and take it down again. And he looked at me like I had two heads, but he did. He came back and took it down. So I sent somebody to um, get a bow, and I'll try to make this short, but it's such a great story. Um, Got a bow. We put a bow on it. We put all that new bedding on it. The girl came in, and I said, here's your crib. And she was like, okay. She wasn't moved by that at all, and I said, no, ma'am, you sit down. We're going to talk about this crib. And I told her the story that I've just told you, and I said, Mm -hmm. do you understand that the Lord God got this crib on a truck states and states away and got it to Spartanburg on the very day, on the morning, Mm. that you would need it. And I said, this crib is the best crib that you can buy. Jenny Lynn Cribs are the best. And I said, you know, I just want you to understand that God gave you his best in his son, Jesus. Mm. And I said, if he would do that for you, is that not somebody that you would want to turn your life over to? And right there, she began to cry Mm. and prayed, repented of her sins, prayed and received Christ. Wonderful. She has four children now. She still has that crib. She said, I'll never get rid of that crib again because... It was God's, God's sign to it me was, that he cared about me, and she'd never felt like she was loved by anybody. That's amazing. So.
0: Well, when you, th- when you think about that, one of the, the, the uh, things that we're most excited about here at Bob Jones is our partnership with Carolina Pregnancy Center uh, through our student body in raising of funds for the purchase of a Save the Storks bus, which uh, we're going to be presenting a check uh, pretty soon to the Carolina Pregnancy Center. And the goal of our student body was to raise $150,000, which is massive for our students. And in the end, thus far, uh, our students have raised just a little over $194,000. Amazing. So my question to you is, It why is it that you think that students today... Are, are so engaged young people in the pro-life movement.
3: You know, I think students love a cause. Mm-hmm. They love a cause. And with the science, what it is, and how we can prove about the heartbeat 21 days after conception. Um, I know anytime we have teenagers come to our office, we always show them an ultrasound because we want them to be equipped. And I just think with science, what it is, um, I, I, they don't understand why the whole world's not pro-life mm. once they hear the truth. And a lot of people say that teenagers don't want to hear that, college students don't want it. They do. They want us to set the bar high. And so I think if we give them the facts and we aren't afraid of offending them, uh, but we just give them the truth, I think their automatic response is, i got to do something.
0: Well, you know, when you when you think about, Uh, how God created man and even if man doesn't have the revelation of the truth that is through the knowledge of God's word we are created with a conscience and we are created with the sense of a divine creator and maybe that's why they say there are no atheists in the maternity ward (laughs) because when you see so much life being created it just screams out there's a creator and then to take a life that is so precious and so vulnerable, it just screams at the human conscience that this must be wrong. Right. So here at Bob Jones, of course, our students are, are just so deeply engaged in, in the, the, um, the, the synergy and the unity on our campus was so palpable that night when I announced the amount of money that, that came in. Our whole place just erupted. Uh, they couldn't contain themselves. They jumped up and started cheering. That's a big deal at Bob Jones, and uh, they they were so thrilled and so excited. And um, I know I know y'all had a similar response. Tell us about how how your staff responded when they heard the story.
3: Um, well, Randy had been, Randy Page, who's on staff here, been keeping me up to date on Thursday. He called me and said it was 64,000. And then he called me at lunch on Friday and staff was all there, said it was at a hundred and then called me at nine o'clock Friday night and told me the big number, 180,000. So I text all my staff and I said, Oh, I would just love for us all to be together. And, um, Because of some family constraints, I could not leave my house, and they didn't tell me they were coming. But at 1030 at night, and my staff lives all over Spartanburg County, they were ringing my doorbell, and we just had a time. We cried. We just cried out to the Lord, thankfulness. We prayed for Bob Jones, for the students. We sang. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were just so incredibly humbled by the gift And then just we started brainstorming all the ways we could use this mobile unit. And it was just a great time. We were together probably till 12 o'clock. Wow. The husbands were calling, wanting to know where where, their wives were.
0: So just to be clear, I Save the Storks Bus is a mobile medical unit with an ultrasound uh, machine that parks out in front of like a Planned Parenthood. And that's not, not the only place, but they go to various places. And essentially, they work with young ladies that are considering an abortion or or considering saving the life of the child. Not only do you have the mobile unit, but you have everything that's necessary for the uh, knowing about the child and the condition of the child. And then of course, most importantly, you encourage them to save the life of the child and you also share the gospel with them uh, to bring salvation and new life to the individual, which is the most important thing. So tell me, uh, how how do you uh, how how are y'all working through how you're going to use it in in Spartanburg?
3: Well, Spartanburg County is pretty large in that there's a lot of outlying little towns like Landrum, Woodruff, Calpins. I mean, we can even go to Union County. So that's our plan is to go all over Spartanburg County to have, like, we're going to be in Landrum this day, we're going to be in Woodruff this day, that maybe it would be. And then we would like to go into the housing projects Mm. in Spartanburg, um, because, again, this is going to be like a rolling mobile unit of hope. Yes. And that's what we're excited about is just giving people hope, because the hope's in Christ. Uh, Even if they're girls that test negative, man, what a great opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Um, so because 64% of the clients that come to our office test negative. I see. So we're we're excited about talking to them, those girls too. Uh, we even talked about we would set up at the fair when it comes to Spartanburg because amazingly enough, there's a lot of, uh, people that come to our office during Fair Week. Wow! So we thought we could take the mobile unit there. Yes, we're just looking and and colleges. Uh, Spartanburg has several universities mm-hmm. and colleges, so we're just really brainstorming on different ways we can use that. Well, I, I'm sure once
0: you, once you get the the wheels rolling here, uh, fresh opportunities uh, always open up when you're when you're being in the way. The Lord's going to lead you and right. make it clear. Uh, well, we were we here at Bob Jones were at this point we've raised one hundred ninety four thousand, which is going to be able to purchase a bus, and get close to covering the cost of an ultrasound machine, uh, but we know there, there are more costs than that. So how how can people in the Upstate or here in South Carolina help? Uh, this new opportunity that they have. That well, you
3: have. just one practical way is the insurance is going to be like $4,000. I see. We're going to have to hire another staff member that will actually be a nurse that will be on the bus. We'll have volunteer drivers, and we'll always have a volunteer counselor on there, but there will be the cost of that new staff member. Um, those are just real, and then supplies for it. Right. Uh, but those would be ways, if people wanted to help, um, that would be very tangible ways to, or if they wanted to contribute to the gas fund. <laughs> sure,
0: absolutely. Well, uh, we we are going to be um, presenting a check to you and to your staff from the Carolina Pregnancy Center and one of the chapels at Bob Jones University. I think we're doing it sometime soon coming up. Uh, March 19th. Mar- March 19th. And so uh, those that are listening to this podcast, if you'd like to give, we'd like to encourage you to, you can either give to Bob Jones University or Carolina Pregnancy Center. And uh, we we are at $194,000, and we're hoping to get up at least to the $200,000 mark, which would be wonderful, uh, and just to continue on this ministry and this mission of saving lives. And so... Alexa, it has been a privilege to have you here. Thank you so much for coming over to the campus here at Bob Jones.
3: Oh, thank you, and thank you.
0: We're just thankful that we can work together for the cause of life.
3: You know, it's just great the way we even met, I and mean, that was just that, a God that thing. Was, that was, so. and we're excited about that. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Well, those were two outstanding discussions that we had today with Paul and Alexa, and I'm so thankful for their coming to the office. And Caroline, I want to thank you for coming to my office today, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening in on this episode of Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit. If you enjoyed this episode, you were personally touched by this episode, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow BJU on social media at BJUEDU and Dr. Steve Pettit himself at BJU President.